Hey everyone, welcome back. My name is Anna Sergunina and I'm still your host. I have Todd Jarvis and we are continuing our conversation uh, around planning for the what ifs around your business, as well as really diving in deeper in this session and, and having, uh, uh, having uh, Todd share uh, some of the tips and tricks around the four foundational pieces that we covered in the first session. So if you haven't listened to the first session, that's a good reminder for you to go back and do that. But we're going to uh, talk about legal, financial, tax, and insurance insurance foundations. Those are the four that Todd suggests for anyone to have uh, whenever they are starting their business or um, already have a business and really get those scaled. So Todd, welcome back. So excited to have you here. Let's dive deep into each of these uh, foundations. Great. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Glad to be back. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoyed the last session that we had together and, and kind of give you an idea of, of some things you can do. And, and you know, I just kind of remind you, you know, why this is kind of important, why this kind of, um, why I, I, I'm excited about it. And I love empowering business owners to, to take these steps and to get these foundations in place. It's just because it really will give you the confidence as a business owner to grow and to move forward. A lot of times we have these subconscious beliefs in our minds and, and, and uh, that are kind of holding us back, right? That keeps us from being completely confident in our ability to grow our business um, and use the tools that we get from, you know, from other people that are all helping us to grow our businesses, um, whether from the marketing side, financial side, or, or wherever it is. Um, having confidence that your business will succeed is, is crucial to um, getting all those other key pieces in place. And so, yeah, we always kind of look at, um, like we were saying, those legal insurance, finance, and tax, because um, having a secure business, a business that um, is going to contain any, any, um, any mistakes or any big what ifs that happen within that business, you know, is going to help you feel comfortable moving forward, knowing that they're not going to affect your home and to affect your life, your family is going to help you take those bigger risks, right? Because I think what Tom Edison said, you know, the great, great risks bring, you know, great rewards, right? Or something like that, paraphrasing. Um, mm -hmm. But the um, business requires risks in order to succeed. And, um, and having strong foundations in place, knowing that you're on the legal side, that you've got an entity in place. So we talked about that last time, right? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna dive a little more into that. So, um, you know, having an LLC or a, a corporation uh, in place to encapsulate and create boundaries for that business um, one is going to create that identity for the business and help you have a good relationship or a proper relationship with that business and not self-identifying as the business. Um, and so that's going to help you be more comfortable taking risks too, because the success, success and failure of that business is separate from the success and failure of you as a person, right? Which is helps you to have that better mindset of, hey, I can, I can experiment with this thing. I can kind of push the limits if I need to, to really see what I'm capable, what this business is capable of. Um, and then having the insurance in place, you know, we, you know, we talked about employees and customers providing the greatest um, liability exposures, right? Most lawsuits coming from, come from those two origins and uh, those two sources and, and having the insurance in place. So um, we'll, help us to, um, uh, to effectively mitigate that. And what I mean by is, and let me, let me show you how these, these two legal and insurance foundations work together a little bit. 
Okay, so with the legal side of things, we're talking about agreements, right? So um, really a business entity, an LLC or uh, a corporation is built upon and created through agreements of the people involved, all right? Business owners, you know, the shareholders, the board of directors, your LLC members, um, all those people are agreeing to behave in a certain way um, and set certain expectations with each other. Okay. So when you create, when your, when your business creates a relationship with a customer, again, we've got a relationship that's forming there and we want to make sure that our, our agreements with and contracts with our clients um, set forth the proper expectations where you can deliver to them what you've promised to, and they will in turn compensate you appropriately for that. And if something goes wrong with those, what ifs interjects, um, that affects timing or ability to deliver. You've already kind of decided ahead of time how you're going to how you're going to react to each other and work with each other to to um, remedy and fix that situation. Now we can't control, even though we have really good agreements in place and have established that relationship really well, doesn't mean that that person is not going to sue you. Okay, <laughs> um, you can't stop someone from suing you. What you can do is have those proper agreements in place so that lawsuit is short and sweet <laughs> and to the point. Um, and having insurance, where insurance comes in place, it's gonna help you af to afford to, uh, to back up and, and to, um, uh, to deal with that lawsuit, okay? And to enforce that, that agreement and the terms of the agreement. I had an experience with a, a, a mentor of mine, her sister had a business and, um, and she, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact circumstance. Anyways, um, um, uh, she had someone, uh, I think steal some IP some, and was, anyway, she had a, she had a conflict with someone and um, she needed to enforce an agreement and enforce her rights against that person. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and so, uh, I'm sorry, it was the other way around. She was being sued and mm -hmm. she, but she was in the right, she felt she was in the right. So she wanted to defend that rather than just folding up, folding, closing her doors and going home. She wanted to, she wanted to fight back and say, no, I'm in the right here. Um, and I'm prepared for this. But the thing is it took money, right? It's took hundreds of thousands of dollars in this situation to defend that. She won, right? Mm -hmm. But if she hadn't had the insurance in place to pay for that lawsuit, mm -hmm. uh, to defend herself, even though she was right, she still would have lost. She still would have lost her business. Um, so having the right insurance in place is going to give you that comfort and confidence knowing that, hey, I can move forward with working with clients and working with vendors and, and hiring employees because if something does come up, um, I've got one, I've got the legal foundation in place to establish um, our relationship and what we agree to. Um, and to help you win that uh, uh, argument, right? That, that disagreement. But you'll also have the insurance in place to afford to support your side of the story. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of a way to see how those, those kind of foundations really weave into each other. Um, on the financial side, you know, really having, hiring a professional and working with a professional to, you know, like a bookkeeper to manage your books for you and to get everything in order so that you can review those and having um, a system in place of consistently reviewing those, those um, uh, reports and those information is going to empower you to feel confident in making investments because you know what, where money's coming from, where it's going, and, and you can, you'll know 
how taking certain steps and making certain business decisions as far as bringing on new marketing team or new marketing uh, um, processes or new financial investments, how they can help and how they're going to impact your financial statements and your bottom line. Um, you won't just be guessing. You'll know how these things are working, right? Um, I always, I've heard the, the, uh, um, uh, the comparison to, you know, like, uh, you know, a lot of business owners work as far as your, um, you're looking in the bank account to see what you can afford to do. It's kind of like driving your car backwards, looking through the rearview mirror, right? <laughs> um, or basically using a rearview mirror, kind of looking in the past for, um, for answers of the future. We want, we want good financial systems in place so that we can, um, we can make decisions for the future and knowing what the future is gonna look like or predicting what the future is gonna look like because we've, um, we've got the right systems in place, right? Um, and I'd be like, maybe I can get a little bit idea of what that should look like. Um, so, you know, you have a bookkeeper or yourself. So if your books are, if you're confident and comfortable enough starting out doing your books yourself, go ahead. Um, but I encourage you to offload that as soon as possible. Give that to a who, right? Um, give that to someone who knows how to do it and can handle it and probably spend less time and less of your money doing it than you would yourself. Um, but as soon as you get there, um, whichever way you start, you know, you have your books in place and your review, you know, review statements every week. Okay, every Monday, spend a half hour to an hour looking over your financial statements. Um, look at your, your profits and losses, right? Um, and then once a month, look at your balance sheet and your profits and losses and compare those to la the end of the month from last month, okay? So kind of look at where they're going. And then once a quarter, you're looking at your quarterly statements to see how each quarter is, has, um, has, has uh, compared to itself. And then of course, on a yearly basis, you're getting everything together for taxes. And that's usually everybody at least does that, right? Everybody at least looks at everything right. once a year. Um, you have to, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, if you can get that habit in place every Monday from nine to 10, you're reviewing your, your statements from last week. Mm -hmm. See where you're going, where money is going and where money is going to come from. Cause that will have your accounts receivable on it, which means that you'll see money's coming in still you know, what money you're expecting to get that's still owed to you that hasn't been paid yet. Um, and then you'll, you'll be able to kind of predict and make decisions for the coming week based upon that. Um, you'll know, how, um, you know, you'll know payrolls coming up this next week and you're going to need based on last, last payroll, which you're looking at on that Monday, you'll know that you're, you need to have, you know, $800 in the bank to make payroll or something, right. Or, you know, 10 grand, depending on your size of your payroll, you'll know how much you need to make sure it's in the bank on that day to fulfill that payroll responsibility. So you'll know how to plan your week ahead of time saying, okay, do I have enough money coming in this week to hit that goal? And you'll know not to make certain um, uh, investment decisions during that week to that, uh, that would otherwise jeopardize um, being able to make that, that payroll. So, um, so those are some things that are really easy to do and just, you can create habits um, in doing that will that will have great effect. And then once you get comfortable with that, you can even step into the next step, which is creating for cash forecast, ninety day cash forecast, and year twelve month for cash forecast, and and really, you know, get control of of your finances, and and it'll just empower you and give you so much confidence in your business. It's um, it's great. And then you can take those things to your tax advisor and make sure that you're paying taxes appropriately, that you're not paying too much in taxes and, mm -hmm. and get some strategies in place. Because if you approach a CPA about tax strategies, but you don't have 
any documents or, or understand your finances, they're not going to be able to help you very much. They'll give you some rudimentary normal answers. But if you really have these financial stuff in place, you could save yourself a lot of money. I know my, my CPA generally wants those. And uh, so I have to like run to the book, bookkeeper, <laughs> get those. And then it's like, okay, now we can talk. Well, actually he can access them himself through QuickBooks. But yeah, those right. conversations are always uh, centered around those. That's one thing very early, even though like I'm supposed to be this like the financial numbers person, which I am, um, I'd rather not do that. Like I'd rather not do bookkeeping part of it. Just like, you know, I think, um, I think it's really, you, you mentioned this too. I wanted to highlight this because um, it took me a while too to come to terms with realizing what my strengths are as a business owner here, right? And what I should be spending my time on versus hiring people that love to do what I'm not really good at and outsourcing it to them. Like that's been such a crucial step in like in simple things like uh, hiring the bookkeeper, right? And, and giving them that job. And they actually know better what to look for than I do. Like, great, tell me, like, tell me what I'm missing. Or like, tell me what's, what's not there. So I, 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 I love that for everyone to really take away anything, like find the right people to help you succeed in any of these areas. Great. What is um what is the next? So we covered, uh, we talked about legal and then financial. What are some other financial things that you uh, suggest to your clients? Okay, so yeah, so um, part of that is also um, dealing with um, kind of having you know contingency plans in place. We talked about the exit strategy. We talked about family. Um, you know, succession planning. So if um, bringing it back to there, you know, having, you know, uh, the incapacity and death issue, um, if you really do want um, this business to remain in the family and have kind of have a succession plan in place for the family, you know, having those financial systems in place is going to be, you know, is going to help with that. So that's, I guess, all these foundations kind of play a role there, but specifically what you're going to need um, to consider and how this works is, you know, one, you want to make sure that, you know, most people are relying on their business for retirement. So you need to make sure on the financial side that you are planning for retirement. And this is, again, your, your business is really ingrained in your family because it's providing the income for your family. And, um, and you should talk about your business, you know, with your family, help them know where you're at and what's happening in your business so that when they see you frustrated, come home stressed and frustrated, they know why. And you can talk to them freely about it and they'll understand. Um, and, you know, don't keep it to yourself, you know, talk about these things with your family, let your kids know, you know, what you do when you're gone. Um, and it'll, it'll help them develop better skills and kind of know what their expectations are as they grow up as an adult. Um, also, um, you know, we talk about if you're preparing them or some family to step into the business, you're going to need retirement in place because selling the business uh, isn't going to be an option, right? <laughs> um, so if you can't sell the business to get a bulk of your retirement from, which a lot of people kind of think they're going to do, if you plan on keeping it in the family and keeping it as a legacy, then you're going to need to make sure there's savings outside that. So you don't have to strip the business of, of liquid, um, liquid assets in order to fund your retirement and then you leave the business kind of um, a skeleton for the next generation that's not going to help them right so having certain insurance in place to help with that um, uh, the disability you were talking uh, Anna mentioned um, can really help with if in case you become incapacitated you know make sure the business and the family has funds to keep the business running will help 
um, having, you know, the business can own life insurance on you, mm-hmm. you know, so that if you pass away, the, the business has, has, um, has money operating income for those who you've empowered to step in to continue operating the business. Um, so those are some things to think about. Um, and then also, um, you know, and, and training and managing, how are you going to manage the business and what is the manager's roles? Um, who has the skill sets in the family to really take on specific roles? And if you're really having this as basically being your biggest piece of, of uh, inheritance for your family, um, and really that's how you feel about it, you're like, hey, you know, I'm not leaving you a lot of cash, but I'm leaving you this business. Um, what are you going to do for those children that don't want anything to do with the business? Um, how are you going to, um, what kind of, what are you going to do for them to keep that conflict in that um, and uh, uh, out of the family when, when you pass and they don't want anything to the business? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so maybe you can have that, you'll have that conversations up front uh, to know that, hey, you know, so-and-so doesn't want any part of the business. Okay, well, let's, let's provide for them in a different way. Maybe again, the business or the other family members buy out buy them out at your death using some insurance policy or some asset that the business owns or they own. Um, so you've set the business up to buy out the other members so they get an, their inheritance and they can do what, you know, do what they want. And those who want to be in the business can continue forward in that, in the business. So there's some things to think about on the financial foundation side is, is making sure that when, when the day, t- the day comes, that, um, that the business has money to function and that you have minimized the conflict within the family um, and the guesswork for the family. You've, you've got it in place so that they can just kind of hit the ground running. Um, those who are gonna run the business, if it's all of them, they know their role, right? Mm-hmm. If it's not all of them, well, the ones who are staying in, that they ha- know their role and they have the skill sets to fulfill and to, to play that part. And also that uh, those who don't wanna be a part of it that they have some um, buyout or some compensation to make up for that. So they feel like they're, they're, as, um, uh, they're as much as part of the family as anybody, so. Yeah, and family dynamics are, that could be so hard, especially when it comes to divvying up things and you know, maybe, mm-hmm. and so it's, this is probably even more important why you've got to have the right structure and set it up yourself so that there's no family disagreements right there's just <laughs> everyone is happy and um and excited but that's just like dreamland right it doesn't work like that no. so you get to see the, the other side of the of the spectrum i like i like how you kind of incorporated that the planning for you know for the exit slash retirement for uh, for those who want to, I mean, in, I think in any case, right, either you want to um, live your business to the family and there's opportunity or you just want to, um, or you don't have a family involved and you, you want to create an exit for yourself. So for um, for for the next pillar, uh, we're talking about taxes, right? Like what are the, I think they're closely tied into the financial one. Um, mm-hmm. So what are some ideas you have there? So ideas with taxes, one is don't pay too much. <laughs> um, <laughs> there. <laughs> um, so pay what you need and nothing more, right? Um, so um, what you can do there is there's different ways. Like this comes back to your entity. Really, your entity structure considers your options for, for taxes and how you're paying your taxes. Um, you know, I know that uh, uh, I've worked with an owner in the past who um, had their first million dollar a year, right? They mm-hmm. hit seven figures and before they were working with me and uh, 
Uh, unfortunately, they didn't have these foundations in place, their tax foundation in place. Therefore, they were stuck with a five-figure uh, five tax bill um, mm -hmm. and no way to pay it. So they had to take a loan out to pay taxes. Um, and we had to get kind of get that in place. So having the right tax structure in place, meaning they're, they were um, structures in a way that would minimize the tax impact, tax impacts, wh whether they're doing pass through taxation uh, with an entity or whether the corporation was receiving and paying its tax and then paying dividends to the shareholders. Um, you know, those are kind of, uh, won't dive too deeply into that, but there are different structures and ways that a business can be, a business and an individual who's a business owner can be taxed. And um, depending on the type of business that you're running um, and how much revenue you're, you're generating and profit you're generating will kind of determine what kind of business entity you should be running. And you're not stuck with what you got, okay? You can always change it. Mm -hmm. You can always um, start out with one way and convert and adjust to a new plan as the dynamics and finances change. Um, that's the nice thing about these. That's why we, you know, like Anna was saying, we want these, these advisors in place so that we're meeting with them often so they can say, hey, you know what, it's time to shift gears. You know, we've entered a new realm of, of, of financial success and, 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 and business structure. We need to uh, readjust the plan. Um, you know, and I, I kind of talked in the first session about wanting to work with business owners differently than, you know, um, a lot of attorneys are commoditized, right? Just pile of documents, you know, uh, where an attorney should be like, should like, like anybody, like an insurance ag you know, agent shouldn't just be an order taker. They shouldn't just be giving you what you tell them. They should be um, advising you and reviewing with you and make, helping you make the right policy decisions based upon your circumstances. And, you know, an attorney is no different. Attorneys should be a trusted advisor. Um, sure, they generate documents for you. Um, and, but those are just the tools to meet the outcome that they've advised you to, and you've decided together to reach for, right? Um, like with financial advisor, like, or anybody like in Anna's situation, who she's providing guidance and direction, giving your circumstances on, on how you should invest and how you should, you know, to prepare for um, uh, financially for the future and for, for your current situation. Um, you know, these are, these are fluid um, uh, structures and uh, they need to, you know, your advisors need to help you adjust um, as, as new situations come up. So tax, getting back to the tax question. Um, so yeah, so depending on your entity, you can be taxed differently, you know, um, with your income taxes, you can pay taxes quarterly, estimate your taxes and pay those quarterly. So you're not hit with a big bill at the end. Um, and so you've paid at least a little bit towards your taxes. So you've uh, um, kind of spread that over the year. Um, and there's different ways to structure your ownership of the business so that, because different kinds of income, uh, different, different types of income are taxed differently, right? Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, um, payroll is taxed differently than uh, dividends on, on equity ownership, you know, and, and, and things like that. Um, so you wanna make sure that you are planning that way and it, it'll dovetail in, Again, your tax planning is going to tell into your financial planning to where, you know, are you investing those, those monies into uh, retirement accounts that are going to help you save some taxes and, and things like that. So, yeah. Those are really great tips. One thing that I wanted to circle back real quick is maybe um, we can highlight some of the, um, uh, you know, foundational pieces in the insurance section. So we talked a little bit about liability. 
I think that's one uh, one that I mean, at least in my in my space, <laughs> we've got to have that. And then I have also have uh, errors in emissions insurance. This is like in case I give bad advice and someone is not happy. And so, um, what are some other things in the insurance uh, side of things? No, that's great. Yeah. So if you're in a profession like you know like Anna or or I am on the attorney side of things, I do. Um, you know, or if you're a physician. You know anybody who's who has a profession. A lot of times they have their errors and omissions, right? To to uh, um, make sure that they're protected there. If, if we make a mistake on on the advice that we give or perform, um, and importance of that too is because that will come home. <laughs> Those mm -hmm. issues are not. You know, it doesn't matter how strong your your business foundation is. Um, those are liabilities that we carry as an individual, no matter how much our business is set up. So having that insurance place is crucial. General liability, slip and falls in your building, things like that, right? Uh, but there's also things like key man insurance that a lot of people think about. If you have partners, you have key employees or key owners um, that you want to make sure that if they um, leave or something happens to them, that you have uh, some financial means of um, getting uh, getting those pieces covered and 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 those roles filled quickly, right? Um, also, it helps with if your partner dies, and um, and you don't want to be in business with his spouse <laughs> or her spouse. Um, you have you can have insurance, key man insurance or other insurance in place to buy out that heir, right? Whoever their heir is, whoever they're passing their equity interest to. Um, you'll be able to buy them out with the funds of that insurance policy. Um, so that's a really important topic thing because a lot of people are like, oh, I want to I want to make sure I have a, a right of first refusal to buy out my partner if if he, you know, dies, right? I want to buy out their their heir. Um, well, if you don't have the money, if it's, you know, if your business is worth a million dollars and so your partner's half is worth 500000 if you have $500,000 to sit in a bank, you're not going to be able to buy out that spouse. Um, so you want to make sure to have maybe an insurance policy to pay for that. Um, employees, if you have employees, you know, make sure you're meeting your state requirements or your country's requirements for, um, for unemployment or, or, um, uh, oh, it's just uh, workman's compensation. That's what I was Work, looking for. Yeah, workers' comp. <laughs> yeah, workers' comp, um, unemployment insurance you have, and then also the liability insurance if you mistake, if you fire someone the wrong way right? <laughs> um, or something isn't done right, that uh, you have insurance to, to deal with those kinds of liabilities. Um, umbrella policies to cover anything that kind of happens. Um, really, uh, um, there's a lot, of, a lot of neat things you can do with insurance um, that um, can, get, can be really helpful. Um, and you can get creative with it to, to help pay for things that are, you aren't expecting. Um, you know, you can also offer those to as benefits to em employees too. So exactly, and then and it's, it's one of those things. Is with insurance, um, it's I think it's important to understand that yes, it does cost money to have it, but you've got to think about what the consequences could be um, that could could require a lot more capital and money to pay for those situations. So uh, it's like insurance companies have deeper pockets. That's how I like to think of them. <laughs> so, well, awesome, Todd. So I wanted to um, share with everyone uh, something that you're gonna, uh, we're gonna include a link to, which is your, uh, it's a business uh, competence online assessment. So for all the folks listening, you can, um, you, I know your head is spinning. You're like, oh my gosh, I think I need all of them. 
which one do I start with? And like, we don't want you to go in a, in, in a hole and not do anything. So uh, put your head out, don't put it in the sand and let's, let's take the first steps. Um, I think this assessment is really gonna help you um, hone in and just uh, just kind of get you on the path of, of starting the first steps. But Todd, if you wanna share a little more about it, we are going to include the link under this video for everyone um, who wants to take it. Yeah, great. So um, it's exactly, I think, I think Anna, I think you did a fantastic job. It's just an opportunity for you to go through this, that's about 20 questions, really easy, just online uh, uh, it, there for you. And it'll, it'll help you basically kind of go through questions that cover all four of these foundations, right? And, um, and it'll help you find out kind of where you could start. Because there's, you know, there's four foundations. There's, we talk about legal insurance, finance, tax, where do you start? Obviously, we can't do it all at once because we only have so much time in the day, right? Um, so it kind of will help you to determine which bucket you should start in and where you can kind of get the most bang for your buck, depending upon your results from that, that assessment of where you're at in your business foundations. Uh, so I might recommend that you work on your, your legal and insurance foundations first, and I'll give you, we'll send you a customized report after you go through that assessment, telling you some actionable items you can start on today as far as what can you do to kind of secure those foundations and what do they mean? Um, and then maybe if, it, maybe if it's the finance and tax side of things, we'll give you some ideas, kind of go more in depth of how to get those financial systems in place that I kind of, I talked about today with what, what report should we be doing when and why and, and how, right? That's the important part. I can tell you, like review your profit and loss every week. You're like, what is a profit and loss? <laughs> how do I read it? You know? <laughs> um, so that's kind of what we'll, we'll provide for you a, a bit of that in, in these reports and, and to help you kind of get a good jump start there and, and kind of know what conversations you need to start having with your, your, your business and with your advisors. Awesome. Yes. So, so helpful. Oh my gosh, Todd, I should have found you like seven years ago <laughs> and done this for myself, but hey, it's never too late. So yeah. awesome. Again, thank you so much. Such an insightful uh, discussion and uh, lots of takeaways. So I uh, very much appreciate your time. If you could share one more time with uh, everyone listening, how they can connect with you. Yeah. So if you want to, uh, again, um, I'm active on Facebook and Instagram. So you can find me there, Todd Jarvis, just go into my name. Um, also um, URL, you can find my website at uh, empower you are. So it's empower your dot life, empower you are dot life. Um, I'm there. You can look me up. Um, and, uh, and can, let's connect and let's, uh, um, let's see how we can help each other battle through this, uh, this life of an entrepreneur, right? <laughs> I know, exactly. Such, a, such, a, such an awesome place to be in. Again, yeah. thanks so much, Todd, for your time. Everybody, take care. Bye. Thank you.